words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. New truths. New truths. The world continues to change. And because the world is changing so fast, the definition of many things is changing as well. What used to be a family is no more the same as what is a family today. In the past, you could be sure that family is a mother, a father, and children. Today, because of the divorce rates, you're going to have a father who has maybe one child from his past marriage, a mother who has maybe two children from her past marriage, and when they come together, they are now a family. So there are, there are daughters in the house who are not daughters of the man, and there are sons in the house who are not sons of the man, and stuff like that. So there is, then you have stepfathers, stepmothers, and then your children born out of wedlock. So many kids born out of wedlock right now. So that it will be almost improper for you to say a family is a father and a mother and two children because some children, that has never been their experience. And right now, we live in a world where the divorce rate is even very high. As a result, even the family, which could be the most indivisible part of society, has transformed. We live in a world where also many things have changed. You know, um, next slide. So you ask, there is pain, there is poverty, there is pandemics, disasters everywhere. So we can ask, what is God saying today? And if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, what are his answers to today's questions, these questions of society? You know, we have increasing cyberbullying, people telling each other online, you're, not, you're worth nothing. You have trolls on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You have people who hate other people. You have like people who anything that represents authority, they don't like it. There is an anarchy spirit in this generation. It's, watching an interview yesterday, the guy said, I don't believe in government. I don't believe in government at all. I don't believe that countries are supposed to organize. I, thought, I believe that everybody is supposed to choose what they want. Imagine a country where everybody chooses how they want to live and you choose where you want to drive, what part of the road you want to drive on, you choose, is your choice. This way you choose. You want to drive against traffic, is your choice. So this is the world in which we live in. As a result, as a result, guess what happens? It seems like our faith doesn't quite cover the problems of today. It seems like Christianity is not quite relevant. It seems like the Word of God is not quite adequate. So what are the new truths? What, are, what is the truth of this hour? What is the reality of this moment? What are we supposed to learn if we're going to live in such a modern world? So there are some things that we can call old. What is old? The previous slide to this. Yeah. 
So what is old then is an inability to respond to the problems of today. What is old then is a form of godliness. What is old then is the lack of power. What is old also is false gods. These things are still trending today. There is inability to respond because of all the societal dynamics. We are unable to appropriately respond to the need of the hour. We have a form of godliness. So many people go to church without a relationship with God. And right now, people don't even go to church. So, they are saying church is not the way. But at home is not the way either. Because at home, you don't know how to start the power. You don't know how to pray by yourself. You don't know how to bring about a spiritual atmosphere at home. So you don't go to church, which you say is not the way. And at home, you're not, you don't have the power. So you have a double quandary. There's a lack of power today. A lack of power is real. The church of Christ has no power. And power comes from sacrifice. If you want someone who is going to be powerful, it will be the person who makes the most sacrifice. Think about it. Who are the people in the world we respect? They're the people who make the most sacrifice. For example, the other day we were talking about Martin Luther King, a priest, a reverend minister, a Baptist minister who could have just been pastoring his church quietly. But his level of sacrifice, holding out, Organizing meetings, meeting with everybody who, who wants to listen to tell them that the black man is not inferior to the white man, cost him his life. And because he died in the pursuit of liberating the black man, everybody honors him today. Why is he honored? Sacrifice. If you want power in the spirit realm, sacrifice pays for power. If you see traditional worshipers and they want to get power, what do they do? Sacrifice. If you want to end the power of God, you must end the power of God by sacrifice. But these are the days of powerlessness because nobody can sacrifice anymore. No one can sacrifice how they feel to stand up and go against the grain. No one can sacrifice what they want and delay gratification. No one can say, I may not feel like it, but there's a gathering of the people of God and I'm going to stand up and be there. Not that many people are saying, whatever it costs me today, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to pray. You know, like people are saying, oh, it's not about how long you pray. I've been hearing that thing a lot. It's not about how long you pray. It's not about how much you give. It's not about how good you are. God is just by the mercy of God. And I agree, it's by the mercy of God. But think about it. People have been saying this thing, right? They said it's not about how long you pray. Can I ask a question? If you don't brush your teeth tomorrow morning, what will happen to you? You guys, I want a response. What will happen to you? Your mouth will smell. What if you don't brush your teeth for two days? Yeah. After a while. It's not by how much you brush your teeth. But you must brush it. 
Do you know it's not about the rule of whether you brush your teeth in the night or in the morning or three times a day. But if you don't brush your teeth, your teeth will smell. Say amen. <laughs> that is exactly what happens to the believers who don't believe in prayer anymore. If you don't pray, you're going to be powerless. If you don't hold on to God, you're going to lose the plot. If you don't study the word, you're not going to know God. People are saying that it's not about how much you give. If you don't give, you're going to get broke. The Bible says there is one who tries to hold back and then ends up in scarcity. There's one who is liberal and then gets back. Have you ever seen those people who always give an address? Who's always giving a shirt to their friends? Who's always giving, and you know their wardrobe is always full. You know, you think that when you give, you're going to lack. No, what you give is actually what you have. They say givers never lack. It's an upside down kingdom, guys. What is old is, you know, people are saying that, oh, the new cool is for you to be cool. You know, I was passing a church when all the young guys used to come with nice shoes, nice Louboutins, and nice bags, and nice trinkets, and now jewelry earrings, and big rocks for, for rings in their fingers. And they were all so cool. And I began to preach a message that all of them found pretty offensive. I said to them, you're not cool because of how much money you have. You're not cool because of the societal circles you belong to. You're not cool at all. You're actually not radical because you can, you can do rap. No. <laughs> you're actually old because rap has been existing since cool music has been existing for a long time every year people bring more cool music there's just nothing cool about cool music let me tell you guys the only person who resonates the only person who resonates the only person who is cool is the person who knows God the Bible says let not the right man boast in his wisdom let not the rich man boast in his riches let him who boast boast in this that he knows and understands me that I'm the God who exercises loving kindness and tender mercies in all the earth what is cool is the man of power is the woman who knows god is the one who understands how to unlock a spiritual place is the one who can come here and shift the atmosphere that is cool if you see sick people and you can make them well that is cool if you see oppressed people and you can set them free that is cool if you see broken people and you can give them some power that is powerful that is new the new truth of God is that his people shall come into power. I'm sure that's not what you're expecting. There's so many false gods and that is now old. Next slide. And then our immaturity. Let's read this together. One, two, go. And then our immaturity will end. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. When immaturity ends, that's cool, isn't it? When you're no more immature, when you're not easily shaken by trouble. There are a lot of new teachings. Everybody's a teacher today without any training people rise up to teach and that's cool when it's inspired and that's deadly when it's conjured 
It's cool when the Holy Spirit is the one stirring a new person to speak. It's deadly when someone who is unschooled in the world is spewing out their own conjecture of Scripture. The Scripture is not for guesstimate. It's not a guesswork of what God may be saying. There is a Holy Spirit who is activating the Word of God. So there's a battle for truth today. Next slide. Let's read this. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 5 together. 1, 2, go. But you will need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slanders, slaves to their desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their own conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. They may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like this. This is that time. This is the Passion Translation of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. They will become addicted and hate to hateful and malicious slander. Do you know, fake news is a big thing today. Everybody wants to carry slander, just wants to slander people and tell people what they are doing wrong. Everybody just wants to, you know, there's a whole culture around fighting back. There's a whole culture around making other people look bad. There's a whole culture of disrespect. There's treachery. People betray each other. People act without control. People are bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their own conceit. People find delight in the pleasures of this world more than God. When you say, let's go to church, people say, no. Like, can you see how much social distancing we have in this hall today? Can you see that you, you're free to wear your mask? Now, people in parties this weekend bumping and grinding but when you say church they fear that they're going to catch coronavirus in church we are actually way more compliant than many other parties an office atmosphere many people go to but still people tremble to come to church lovers the truth they don't know that they buy. Some people don't know how subtle this is. You buy into this belief that God's things is too much. You're doing too much of God. And you don't realize that every time you want to let down your hair, every time you want to have fun, the devil is actually giving you a slippery pill. We say let's pray every Sunday morning at 8.30 before we start church. Like, ah, ah, that's too much. Can I, can I, do you guys understand what we're saying? That there's a spirit already at work inside of us that loves that 30 minutes more of sleep than 30 minutes of worship. 
So God is calling us to do vigils at home, to do late night meetings, to have tarry meetings with him by yourself this hour. But how many people are going to go? God is calling us to self-restraint. For you not to pursue all the sexual temptations you feel. God is calling us to hold back. But how many people can love God more than they love pleasure? This culture of society is becoming fierce. In schools, if you say something, some people will tackle you. In universities, you cannot say your opinion. If you say a thing about animals, animals, like you say in Africa, we're free to hunt lions. Some people will get red in the face immediately. If you say, oh, we can kill babies, some people will immediately like, yeah, that's normal. That's abortion. If you don't want a child, why you bring a child into this world when you're not ready for the child? People will be saying that. So animals are free. And babies are to be killed. I told the story once here, how someone messaged me, someone called me when I was living in Abidin. Said, hello, hello, Mr. Michaels, we got your name from the directory. Would you like to donate to a cat charity? I'm like, what? Cat charity? Do you know how many people are hungry in Africa? I've been giving my money to a cat. I have relatives who haven't gone to school. I'm not saying we shouldn't like animals. It's an upside down world when human beings have no value. We can't even see that our culture is so self-serving, obsessed with money. We boast of great things. We trot around with arrogant pride. We mock what is right and we ignore our own families. Some of us don't call our parents. Some of us don't love our siblings. Some of us have an, a quarrel with our family members and we don't want to make it right. This is that time when God is saying this culture is toxic. Paul was writing this letter to the church of Ephesus. Their pastor was a boy called Timothy. So Timothy lived in Ephesus. A very, he was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. If you read Ephesians, read 1st and 2nd Timothy, you will understand contemporary culture. Because the culture of Ephesus was like the culture of today's world. There were merchant ships coming from all over the world. There were traders traveling from, from the east and from the south into Ephesus. And Timothy was their pastor. So Paul was saying, in the last days, people will love themselves. They will hate God. If you say, do you know, I don't want to make anyone look bad, but there's a certain guy in this atmosphere. The other day, I blocked him. Once he saw us gathering, he said, oh, you guys are going to only be 30. 30 is all I'm going to allow you guys. I'm like, okay, there was a party here yesterday. 
There were like a hundred people. You didn't open your mouth to say anything to them. But once you see church, you become powerful. Why is there an anti-church sentiment? Have you asked yourself why people hate church? Have you wondered that maybe it's possible? There's a spirit in the air to, for people to love pleasure more than they love God. Of course, there are errors in the church. Don't get me wrong. There are many churches who are doing the wrong stuff. And when we see it, we must call it out. But sometimes we don't even know what pierced our heart that the love of the house of God has become cold in us. We don't love God's house. We don't love worship. We don't love the power of our gathering anymore. We pretend to have a respect for God. And in, in reality, we want nothing to do with God. How many of you are even ashamed of God in your business? In your work, you will, you will die first before opening your mouth and give somebody a witness of the fact that I'm a believer. Next slide. New, new realities of today. Business loss. We're driving by a business this morning. I, I said, like, this is travel business. Known all over Nigeria. Very strong. And I just wonder, like, how is this business even surviving in these times? They used to fight on being the ones to give the cheapest tickets in Nigeria. How are they even surviving in these times? Do you understand? Then another question is, what is relative and what is absolute? Is Jesus the only way? Is Christianity the only way to reach God? Are Muslims and Hindus and other religions going to hell? What is the reality of the council culture? Whatever you don't like, boycott it. Cut it out, block it. What is the reality of aggressive feminism? We don't need men. Who needs a man? Men are in trouble. There's toxic masculinity. Men break women. And we're not saying that there's no something about men oppressing women. But you can never liberate women by fighting men. You actually can liberate women in the liberty of the spirit. It's in God that all his children become equal. Inside of God, the God who created us made us male and female. He created he them and he blessed them both and said multiply, increase, replenish the earth. When you become a follower of Christ, you have to make Christ's agenda the number one agenda you pursue and nothing else. There may be more money from United Nations for NGOs to chase anti-feminism movements. There may be more money from United Nations to chase girl-child empowerment. But don't forget that when you finish empowering all the girls, who are they going to marry? What happened to the boys? So we now swing on this side of the pendulum. After a while, we swing to this side again. The whole idea is wholesomeness. What you're looking for is balance. What you're looking for is equality under God. What you're looking for is chasing the place where everyone can feel secure. Say amen. Next slide. But as believers, in dealing with this, sometimes we are unsure. When we come to God, we are unsure. Sometimes 
In this time of changing, changing things, we are tired. Sometimes in this world, we are confused. Sometimes we are weak. But the worst is when we are self-willed. In this time, never be self-willed. Say that to someone. Never be self-willed. It's okay to be unsure. Say that to someone. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to be weak. But fight against self-will. Because self-will is that time when you've decided that I'm going to go against God. This thing, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, and, and there's no solution for such a believer who has decided. In these times of lies, this is not a time for you to self-will. This is a time for you to allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak over you. Speak over you. He wants to come into your heart and bring grace for a new time. And you know, there's grace inside of God for the unsure. He will bring a revelation of himself to you. There's strength inside of God for the tired. God says, come unto me all ye who are weary and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. There is strength inside God for the confused. It says, even if you don't understand, come now. Let us reason together. There is strength enough for the weak. God says, in the weak I will make strong. But you know, whenever you make up your mind and you say, this is where I'm going to go, and you decide that you don't want God, you've locked yourself out of the privilege of God because the Holy Spirit is such a gentle spirit. He will not fight with you. He will not fight with man. So that is why if you see someone who is always amenable, there's always space for them. Someone who is always repentant, there's always space for them. If you see someone who is humble, there's always space for them. Maybe someone who is self-willed, who has decided that they know more than the pastor, who has decided that they have the latest prophecy in town, who has decided that no one can teach them anything. If you know, the next thing is that error begins to enter their life. Self-will is the precursor to brokenness. Self-will is the precursor to an, a hardened heart. Self-will is the precursor to, to, for God not to be able to come into your heart. The moment your heart locks itself from God, even the Holy Spirit cannot come in. But the moment you're open and say, God I don't understand. I'm confused. I'm trying to learn. Then the Holy Spirit will come in alongside and say, daughter, what do you want me to teach you today? Say, Amen. In the conversation about truth, there's only one truth. There is no new truth. The title of today's message is New Truth. But actually, there is no new truth. Bible says in the book of the preacher, there's nothing new under the sun. What has been will be. You see, the wind blows from the west. It goes to the north, goes to the south, and goes back to the, from, from the west where it started again. It's a going round and round and round. What has been will be. Do you know, right now, there are new prophets who are rising up and saying, oh God, has he invalidated the old order? I'm sure you're hearing some of this prophecy. God has ended the old pastors. I want those people to wait in 30 years' time when they have become the pastors 
and for another generation to rise up and say, God has shut down Bishop Oyedepo. They are now the bishops, they are now the commanders of a new empire, they are now the people who are now leading people and somebody wakes up and says, God has shut down. I don't believe in it. I want to tell you guys from the front, I don't believe in those prophecies. You know what God is doing? Malachi chapter 3, Malachi chapter 4, the last three verses, and I will turn back the hearts of the fathers to their children and turn back the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I strike the earth with a curse. Have you ever seen children who reject their parents getting blessed? No, it's not in God to dishonor. It's not in God to dishonor. God will always do new things. There are new churches called the Pentecostal churches who look at the Baptists and say, God is doing a new thing. God was doing a new thing in the Pentecostal churches. But what happens to the Baptists and the Anglicans? Did they die? They're still alive. Some of them are so loving. Some of them are so word-based. Some of them are so solid in the word. Even more than the new Pentecostals who have no respect for nothing. Can I tell you what God is doing is connecting fathers to children. God is doing generational transfer for fathers to bless their children and cause their children to be propped up with strength and power. That's what God is doing. I know it's nice to the ears to hear that it's the children born in the 2000s that are the children of the now. But don't forget, these children born in this 20 are not going to freeze and remain children forever. They are going to tomorrow become the fathers. What if their children rise up and reject them? Every generation is becoming more disconnected from the last. God is a God of blending generations. He wants the blessing of the fathers to come on the children and their children's children's children. God is a God of families. What God wants to do is to heal the fathers. What God wants to do is to... There is no new truth. There's no new truth. What did I say? Say it out. The old truth is the new truth. Let me tell you something. God does not change. But his messengers change. Do you understand? Yesterday there was Elijah, a man with plenty beard. Who has beard here? Plenty. Uh huh. Stand up and show us your beard. Just put your hand. Ayo. This was Elijah. <laughs> I'm wondering who is going to be Elisha now. Kumi. <laughs> Kumi, stand up now. You're Elisha. <laughs> say, say, no, he doesn't want to be Elisha. The man of God had beard. Everybody thought, oh, certainly. The prophet of God must have beard. The new prophet who came had no hair, had no beard. He was Gori Makpa. Until the children said to sing, Gori Makpa, eh, Gori Makpa, eh. And the prophet got angry and said, let beer come out and eat the children. Do you remember that? The old prophet Elijah was full of beard. So you would think that the power is in his beard. No. 
So people think that God has fundamentally changed. No, he hasn't changed. The carrier of the message changed. But God remains the same. The principle of God remains the same. If you are a man of God, God wants you this moment to expand your will to be able to carry children, to be able to carry men and women, to be able to heal people. God expects you to bring people in a close range and bring his grace upon them. But the principles of righteousness remain. You cannot be a man given to drugs and say this is the new cool thing. You cannot be a pastor given to sexual perversion and say this is the new in thing. You cannot be a pastor who has an appetite for alcohol and say this is the new thing. We're all, it's cool now to just drink wine. You know, just social drinkers. You know, how can we bring them to the Lord if we don't go to the pub sometimes? You know, after preaching to some people, I just get so zapped in energy. I just want to refuel. So I go to I get to Barcelona's nightclub and just relax with the we relax with the boys, you know. No. No. The standards of God remain the same. The carriers of the message may be different. Do you know the, the teenagers of today have their own language about how to qualify the word of God? Don't think that teenagers don't know the word of God. They just have what? A totally different language. They have different musicians. So if you are thinking that the kind of musician you listen to was more holy, you will not know who NF is. You will not know who Stumzy is. You will not know who Lee Cray is. You will not know who all the new people who are giving them new vibes are. And you will be stuck on inability to communicate. You think that they're not hearing the word of God. They're hearing. They just don't preach it like you. The principles are the same. Power, strength, sacrifice, consecration, holiness, righteousness. The principles are the same, but the language is different. So whenever you see novel ideas, next slide, there's only one truth. His name is Jesus. Let's read this together. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 to 9. Jesus, the anointed one, is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. I can hear that. Read it again. Jesus, the anointed one, is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. So don't let anyone lead you astray with all sorts of novel and exotic teachings. There are all sorts of novel teachings now, exotic teachings, like if you are saved, you can never lose your salvation. Once saved, forever saved. My goodness. So you are a follower of God and you leave God and start committing adultery, drinking. You are still a follower of God. You know, people assume that making the sinner's prayer makes you a child of God. No. Saying the sinner's prayer alone is not enough. You have to begin to walk with God. You now have to construct a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That makes you a child of God. 
Don't let anyone lead you away with new doctrines. Jesus said, Jesus explained, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father. I am the truth. I am the truth. The new truth is a man. Jesus Christ is his name. He who was, is, and forever will be. He is your truth. If you know Jesus Christ, you have power. If you don't know him, you're disconnected from the life source. Knowing Jesus Christ is power. Not knowing him is death. Do you know Jesus Christ? It's not about coming to church. I repeat what people used to say. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And once you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, every day there will be something fresh of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not a monument that you go to see who used to live in 1614. That was my disappointment with Jerusalem. I went to Jerusalem twice for pilgrimage and I was looking for Jesus Christ in Jerusalem and I didn't find him there. You know why I had a problem? There were three tombs where Jesus was buried. This family said, this is our tomb. This other family said, honestly, it's ah, ah, ah. here he was buried. <laughs> so some, some people were going to the, into the tomb, that, yeah, but there's a particular popular one, people going in and crying out and saying, he's not here, he's risen. And they started to weep, my Lord is not here. Me, I didn't have any tears to cry. I got, I, got, I got very disappointed in Jerusalem. I went to Bethany, where it turned water into wine. There were like 50 wine shops. And I said, can, can anybody show me the exact wine Jesus turned into water? So Jesus turned water into wine. The exact wine Jesus turned water into. One man was swearing to me, like honestly, honestly, this is the real one. So after going through about four or five shops in Bethany, all of them were swearing about which one, which one. I just knew that this was a business for them. <laughs> You're going to Jerusalem to come back and become Al-Haji, Christian Al-Haji. Uh, JP. Uh -huh. There's no Jesus to be found in JP. Jesus the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Everyone who reaches out in the spirit will find him. Everyone enters into the realm of the spirit will find Jesus Christ. You don't need to travel. John chapter 4 says there's coming a time when neither in Jerusalem nor in this mountain will you find him. But God is spirit and everyone who worships him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is that time. Jesus the same yesterday, today and forever and this message has become so common but this message is the truth it's the simpleness of this message that many people miss that you don't have to try to fight you don't have to get 10 theologies you don't have to get 10 eschatological principles you don't have to get new, new rema about Jesus Christ that today if you close your eyes and say Jesus, Son of God have mercy on me if you can strike your heart and kneel down and say God, be merciful 
merciful to me a sinner then you will begin to know the presence of Jesus Christ in your heart so long as you challenge God with your questions so long as you ask him from morning till night out of confusion is okay but if you are putting God on the throne and judging him you cannot judge God you have to submit to God and it's in submission that his word begins to happen in your heart there's no new truth this is that which you heard from beginning that the life is in Christ and Christ is life and anyone who lives in Christ has life and if you're living in Christ today just give God a wave of it and say Lord I am in you I rejoice in the life you've given to me I rejoice in the righteousness I am your righteousness I have your truth your truth is at work in me I rejoice in the truth I rejoice in your word Amen. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 13. But evil men and sorcerers will progress from bad to worse, deceived and deceiving, as they lead people further from the truth. Yet you must continue to advance in strength with the truth wrapped around your heart being assured by God he is the one who has truly taught you all these things this is the time when many people are going to come with fancy ideas with beautiful allegories with nice production have you noticed that the false churches always have the best graphics they make the best movies. They have the best buildings. I don't want to call the name, but I have to call the name. Pastor Fresh, should I call the name? <laughs> yeah, Pastor Fred has given me permission. So it's all on him. <laughs> How many of you have been to the Great Land? How is it? Amazing, right? Even when you fly over it and come into Lagos, a temple dome, green lawns. And they're teaching people how to say the who chant, how to read the message in the light of truth by Abdul Rashid, and how to follow a man whose revelation is the most updated revelation of the divine soul. Fantastic production false doctrine I read that book in the light of truth you know me I feel she to feel like I'm Manuel and I always feel like we're very strong I read anything <laughs> and for three days I couldn't pray every time I knelt down to pray the question from the book just jumped in my brain what if Jesus was not the only savior what if this Abdul Roshin is the real light. I couldn't believe that I was believing that kind of rubbish. Who is Abdul Roshin? They create a mistake. They create a mistake around false religion, around false ideas. And people buy into it. I wish that we had that mistake around us who have the truth. That Jesus the same. 
yesterday, today, and forever. And evil men and sorcerers are getting progressive. The other time we're talking about Instagram, people were selling, uh, what were they selling again on Instagram? Special package. They're selling special package. Young, modern girl selling special package. Like, oh, if your husband doesn't love you, if you want to catch a man by all means, you're a side chick, you want to drive away his wife. Someone coming on public media to say my job is to break up families and we are going to do it for you. Evil men and sorcerers will progress from bad to worse. Deceived. Some of them even believe it. That's why it says deceived and deceiving. Because they believe what they are teaching actually. You know, after a while, you can start believing that what you're doing is the powerful thing. But you, verse 14, continue to advance in the truth wrapped around your heart. Let's make for verse 14 ourselves. Just say, I must continue to advance in strength. Let's read, read this out. One, two, go. I must continue to advance in the strength with the truth wrapped around my heart, being assured by God that He is the one who has truly taught me all the things I know about Him. One more time. I must continue to advance in strength with the truth wrapped around my heart being assured by God that he is the one who has truly taught me all these things there's so many lies today and they are calling them new truths they are still lies they may be dressed nicely but they are still lies they may be looking very good yeah, but they are still lies they may sound very fancy but they are still lies you must continue to advance in the truth you must continue Continue strong in the Spirit of God. You must continue in prayer, in the Word, in holding on to God. You must continue in faithfulness, in righteous living, in, 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 in purifying your soul. You must continue to heal the broken by the power of God. Continue steady in the truth. Speak that to someone. Continue steady in the truth. Nothing should shake you. Say that to someone. Oh, you may wear your mask, but say that to someone. Please don't be afraid. Let's preach to each other this morning. Say, nothing should shake you, my brother. Nothing should shake you, my sister. Continue steady in the truth. This is the new truth that you remain fresh in the spirit, that the grace of God blossoms around you, that the life of God's spirit fills your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, continue steady in the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me show you how God changes things. Every time God wants to do something, He does something by the power of His idea. There's the idea of what God wants to do. This is the biggest thing. Every time God wants to do something, He does it based on what? His own idea of what He wants to do. Then He sends a man. He looks for a man. In the Bible, God told Moses, I have seen the suffering of my people. You go. 
When God wants to do something, he looks for a man. That principle has never changed. God uses men. God is looking for you, your availability. God uses normal, ordinary men to do his work. If God has an idea, he will plant that idea in the heart of a man. What is God's idea in your heart today? What is God saying to you to do today? Could it be that what God is activating in your heart is his idea of the next thing he wants to do? And then the next thing God does is he brings alongside enablers, people to enable you do the vision of God. And those people are not your people. They are actually what? God's people to enable God's idea to come to pass. And then God also permits structures. Let these structures not become draconian like departments in the church. You know how many people have been broken by the ushering department. They usher for 10 years and every time they come to church everybody abuses them. Just walk past them. Holy police. Someone told the, the guys who does the car park attendance. They call them holy police, right? Someone was coming to church. So the holy, the holy police said, no, no, don't park here. Don't park here. It's going to block uh, easy movement. A woman reversed and said, stay there. I'll crash you now. She drove. The holy policeman just jumped out of the way. <laughs> and then she parked. And then she went inside church. In the next moment, was living, Lord, I lift your name on her. The man from Holy Police came inside to look at the church and saw, saw the person lifting up holy hands. Do you guys understand how the structure sometimes become an imprisonment? So that, that guy now becomes disillusioned from serving the department or people who teach in junior church or teen church they haven't attended church for months because every week they are with the teenagers locked away and the church doesn't really care about the teenagers so the church just look for some place outside for the teenagers and we say these are the future leaders of tomorrow but we don't have a real program for them structures sometimes become an inhibition but that was not God's idea God's idea was for structures to be an underweb for admin to be done in the spirit for the people who step forward to lead the church to be able to descend by the spirit of God the people who are hurting and reach out to them for the people who come into church to know that their assignment to call up people is an opportunity to bless the people for the people who work in ushers to know that when they come in the morning this is their ministry to bless every seat and said everyone who is going to sit on this seat as they arrange this seat. Lord, let these people be blessed. For choir to know, for Hills Music to know that they, for them, this is a call for them to minister unto God. And how beautiful that the church comes along. They see themselves as ministered unto God. They see their ministry as a work unto God. So the structure is not designed to limit. It's designed to raise up the work of God. The systems and the structures of church are not designed to bind. They are designed to enable. They are designed to enable. And God is reforming the church today and saying to us, do church differently. Create systems that enable and not bind. But people don't also have revelation. So because we have a loose system, you don't have to fill a form to see a pastor. Some people think it's ordinary. They like to go to that place where they have to fight to see the pastor. Where there are 10 bodyguards, it's like, oh man, this man of God must be certainly more important than Pastor Fred. 
You know, Pastor Fred is so easy. You can say to him, Oh, Pastor Fred, how are you doing? And slap a high five. So he's not so holy. They don't believe in his righteousness just simply because he's accessible. So unwise. Meanwhile, God is the one breaking those old structures and creating new systems, new ways to worship. We have a free house, but many will not come. Because we're so free. We don't have laws that you must come. If you don't come, you're a bad person. No, we don't have those laws. As a result, some people cannot be responsible with the little assignment that God has given to them. This is God's idea. Dr. Mina Bajomo said it, that God intended for us to be a house of bread, a house of healing. Tommy Arayomi said it also. God has created us to be a model of the redemption of churches. Dr. Jesse Dr. Jesse Rivera, the, the, the lady from is it Costa Rica, said it also. God has designed us to be a city of light, a city of healing. She said the same thing. But how can we heal if everyone is not committed? If everyone comes when they are able? How can we heal if there's no sacrifice? How can we touch people if we show up anytime we want? If we don't feel like it, where are the people who brush their teeth every day in this church? We are the people who brush their teeth every day in this church. And there's some people who are here, there is your mouth smelling? Are you watching online? Is your mouth smelling? Hallelujah. God wants to change the world. And when God wants to change the world, he uses systems. He uses men. He uses structures. The only difference is that these structures are not a chain on the neck. So many people don't know that they become haters of authority. They become rejecters of the people who things God wants to use. They don't know that inside of them they now start hating church. They call it religion. But they by themselves have no power of consistency with God. Let people call what I do in church religion. For me, it's giving me life. When I hear that song, Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. God of revival, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Man, something's at my spirit begins to boil. There's no secret place that God cannot uncover. There's no mountain it cannot remove. God's idea is powerful. What is God doing? God is reconciling fathers and children. What is God doing? He's providing experiential ministers. He's creating a witness church. What is God doing? He's raising up people who are going to be radical in prayer. He's raising up people who are going to be prophetic in worship. He's raising up people of obedience. What is God doing? He's raising up healing centers. He's raising up sozo. He's raising up people who are going to minister not from the place of pain, but from the place of healing. Because the world today is hurting. Let me tell you mental health challenges i had like three meetings yesterday four meetings yesterday two of the meetings the people very heavy suffering from mental health challenges and i'm asking god what do you want to do he said that's why i'm teaching you this thing it's time to heal people have rejected my word 
people cannot hold. Humanity is broken. In the brokenness of humanity, men cannot retain the knowledge of God. Men cannot retain the power of God. Men cannot retain the healing of God. The voice of the devil is louder than my voice in people's heads. And that is where depression and brokenness is coming from. When the voice of society, when the noise of society, when the reaction from society is bigger than my voice in your life, you're going to fall into the mindset of the world. I am reconciling. I am restoring. I am renewing. And I'm looking for experiential ministry. Some of you may be going through mental pressures right now. And you may think it's for you. Actually, what you're going for is not for you. God wants you to understand how, he, how it feels so you can minister to others who are going to go through the same thing you've gone through. God wants you to know what it was like, how the pain was like, so that you will be someone who understands how to give love to others. Say, Amen. We're rounding up now. God is restored. Let's read Titus chapter 2 verse 1 together. One, two, go. Your duty is to teach them to embrace a lifestyle that is consistent with sound doctrine. Today, sound doctrine is no more palatable. It seems as if it's draconian. Someone was telling me this week that she doesn't see anything wrong with fornication. She can see everything wrong with adultery. I'm like, I was, I, I was like, like what? That she doesn't think fornication is the Bible. I, I just flipped Google. I show her one verse. I'll flee fornication and youthful lust. I show her another verse. She said, oh, she didn't know it was in the Bible. I'm like, so which Bible were you guys reading then? That you said is not in the Bible. Do you guys understand how we can actually light ourselves and we take, so we teach people to embrace sound doctrine. You understand? As we are healing, let it never be said of us that we are contaminated in the process of healing. Let it not be said that we arrange the people who are trying to heal to ourselves. Let it not be said we fall in love with Christ's ship. Let it never be said you are a healer on behalf of God. In this world, many people are hurting. Say, I am a healer. I have, to round, I have to round up here now. I have to round up here now. But I just want you to pray over yourself in this era of many lies. These are the days when people don't endure sound doctrine. This is the days when many frequencies, many lying pastors like Alexander are out there full of all annoyance and full of all anger against all that God stands for. This is that season when lies filter with truth. Make up your mind today that you're going to be God's man. You're going to be God's woman. You're going to hold on to the truth that he loves you. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Jesus is the healer. That there is power in prayer. That there is power in preaching and declaring the word of God. There is power in immersing in God. Tell God that you love worship. 
tell God that you're not offended in his ways. Tell God that you delight to come into his house. Tell God that you rejoice when it was said, come, let's go to the house of God. Tell God that one thing you know is that blessed is he who dwells in the house of God. Tell God that it may not be palatable, but you love giving. Tell God that you understand sacrifice. Tell God that you understand how to lay your life down so that others may come. Tell God you know that everything you're going through is powering, is empowering for you to be able to heal others. Tell God that sometimes you get tired of this, but you know what he's doing. Tell God you're not offended in him. Tell God you delight in him. Tell him today that you're rejoicing in this truth, that he is your truth, that he is your power, that one generation will come and go, that men will die and pass away, but his word will never pass, that heaven and earth may shake, that your life itself may shake, but his word will never pass away. Tell God that you believe that his word is a firm foundation upon which men's lives may be built. Tell God that you know him who was from the beginning and he's here to enable you to strengthen your life and to build you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 